السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه ومن اهتدى بهداه حياكم الله وبياكم أحبتي في الله ها نحن قد بدأنا الدرس فلننطلق راشدين إن شاء الله and we are going to begin the discussion on the third hadith الحديث الثالث the third hadith عن أبي عبد الرحمن عبد الله بن عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنهما قال سمعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول بني الإسلام على خمس شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله وإقام الصلاة وإيتاء الزكاة وحج البيت وصوم رمضان رواه البخاري ومسلم So Abi Abdul Rahman Abdullah the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab may Allah be pleased with both of them said I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam say Islam was built on five the testimony that there is no deity worthy of worship but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the messenger of Allah the establishment of the prayer the paying of the zakah the pilgrimage to the house and the fasting of Ramadan and this hadith is muttafaqun alayh i.e. it is agreed upon i.e. it was collected by both Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim or Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim fi Sahih in their Sahih hmm. now we're gonna go to the Sharh now notice Notice, ya Akhwan, how we have different um, we have different wordings of, of a hadith of this nature, and you will find that some of them they will be in the state of rafa', and some of them will be in the state of jar, like this one. And the reason why it's all it's shahadati, wa iqami, wa itai, wa hajji, wa sawmi is because of ala. Is because of ala. Harful Jar, this particular preposition uh, dictated that everything that follows it is also majroor. That's why it's khamsin and not khamsun or khamsan. And that's why shahadati not shahadata or shahadatu. And that's why it's iqamati not iqamata or iqamatu and so on and so forth. I'm saying this because you might have come across another hadith with similar wording where these are all in the state of rafa, And you're like, yo, what's going on? What's going on is the Arabic grammar is in full effect. The Arabic grammar is what dictates how the diacritical signs are placed at the end of the words, which denote how the pronunciation and how it is pronounced. So Asharah, the explanation on Abi Abdurrahman, هذه كنيتن so Abdullah bin, bin Umar, Abdullah bin Umar is a proper noun. Ism alam meaning it's a proper noun. Abi Abdul Rahman is a kunya. Kunya, the Shaykh will explain. Well, kunya kulluma suddira bi abin, aw ummin, aw akhin, aw khalin. أو ما أشبه ذلك والعلم اسم يعين المسمى مطلقا طيب كنيا is anything that is introduced with the father of the mother of the uncle of the, uh, the brother of or the uncle of or what is equal or similar to that and this is very common among the Arabs pre-Islam and within Islam. So there are certain traits and cultural behaviors of the Arabs that were prevalent before the advent of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam came and eradicated and changed and 
and, and rendered them prohibited for the Muslims. And there are things which Islam uh, regulated them or touched upon them so that they are in a variant state than the original and they are those which were left as is. So we have three conditions. Either something from pre-Islamic days that Islam came and eradicated some culture, cultural behavior that is contrary to the uh, to Islam. For example, the various celebrations that the Arabs used to have. They had various celebrations throughout the year. Uh, and when the Prophet ﷺ went to Medina, he saw that the people were celebrating certain days. He forbade them from continuing this cultural behavior that was not related to religion. And he said that Allah has replaced you with better days that you celebrate in Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. So this is a behavior that existed before Islam that Islam stopped. Now, qiyasan ala hadha, in analogy to this, we now look at every single celebration that the people have that is done on regular yearly basis. From... Mother's Day, Father's Day, Uncle's Day, Worker's Day, Labor's Day, Monkey's Day, Tree Day, Earth Day, Birthday, and so forth. All of this is haram. And you may not participate or partake in any of them. Why? Because they are not from Islam. And Islam stopped any type of anniversary and put a cap on it. If you want more details about this particular concept, Please refer to my old lecture. Can I celebrate this? Can I celebrate this? It was all broken down as per the Quran and the Sunnah with the understanding of the righteous predecessors. Uh, and there are things which Islam regulated, such as slavery, such as wearing the turban, uh, certain uh, clothing-related matters that Islam, uh, for example, people wore all, all types of clothes at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. He forbade certain colors when war and their pure form. And I want to make this uh, disclaimer because people are always picking on that part. And I understand I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Mm. But people see me wearing a red shirt or a yellow shirt and they flip out. They say, yo, yeah, shake. Yeah, sheikh. Tara ma yinfa'. Tara ma yinfa'a al-loon al-ahmar al-khalis. Wal-loon al-asfar al-khalis. What the, the issue is in wearing it pure color with no mix. I never wear them purely. There's always something on it that is merging the red with another color. And we have established evidence that the Prophet ﷺ wore garments that had red in them. Or that were mixed with red and other colors. Therefore, the issue is when you wear a color in its pure form without any mixture or logos or anything else that takes it away from being in that pure state. Of, of that. So, so these are examples where Islam uh, regulated on clothes above the ankles, you know, the pants above the ankles, and so on and so forth. And there are things which Islam left as is, such as the kunya. And the kunya, the nickname, is something that the Arabs have and something that the non-Arabs have, except we have a different approach to it. The Arabs, usually, they call the person as per uh, his eldest son. So I am, my son is Mus'ab, I am Abu Mus'ab. But I'm also Abu Maryam. I'm also Abu Mu'adh. I'm also Abu Mustafa. Because all these are my kids. MashaAllah, mashallah, tabarakallah, bless you. Bless me, you, and your, my kids and your kids. I could be called any one of those. But the general cultural uh, norm is that you're called by the eldest son. Hello, And then the same would be for the mother. Um Mus'ab, Um Rabi'a, Um Abdullah, and so on and so forth. And by the way, you don't have to have a son named Abdullah to be called Um Abdullah. Just as in the case with Aisha radiallahu anha wa ardaha. Al-Muhim. So this is the point of discussion that we're trying to uh, explain here. So we're all on the same. We're all on the same page. I think they're doing construction work again. Allah mustaan. Uh, so here we have, for example, we have Shaykh al-Islam Abu Taybi. And you also have Ibn. Ibn is also another example. Taib. والعلم اسم الاسم يعين المسمى يعين المسمى مطلقا the proper noun is a name that basically helps you identify a person from the general state to the specific state. now رضي الله عنهما may Allah be pleased with both of them 
Because radiallahu anhu is singular. Radiallahu anhum is plural. Radiallahu anhunna is female plural. Feminine plural. Radiallahu anhuma is for the dual. The ulama saying, إذا كان الصحابي وأبوه مسلمين if the Sahabi and his father are both Muslims, فَقُلْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا Say may Allah be pleased with both of them. وَإِنْ كَانَ الصَّحَابِيُّ مُسْلِمًا وَأَبُوهُ كَافِرًا If the Sahabi is Muslim and his father is a disbeliever, فَقُلْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ May Allah be pleased with him only as in the son. قَالَ سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ يَقُولْ بُنِيَ الْإِسْلَامِ I heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه but the, the subject of the sentence, the doer, was left ambiguous because it is already known who did it. Just like the doer or the subject was also made ambiguous in the statement of Allah. And the human is created weak. Allah did not explain who the creator is. But we all know who the creator is. Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah created the human weak. So when something is known, whether legislatively or by decree, then it is permissible to, uh, to use this state where you keep the subject or the doer ambiguous because it is known basically who the doer is from context. Mm. Upon five, meaning upon five pillars, five establishments. So the testimony, the testimony that La ilaha illallah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wait a second. Okay. Here we are. Shahada yajuzu fiha wajhan fil i'rab. Now the Shaykh is going to go into the grammatical breakdown of how you could uh, do the conjugation of the word shahada. Al-awwal al-dham. So the first state is the, uh, the dhamma, which is that little wow that you see on top of the ta. This is based on the fact that it is the khabar of a mubtada that is omitted. And it is understood from context, it means hiya shahada. So hiya is basically a, a, is, is replacement, the pronoun is a replacement for mubtada. Of course, if you don't know Arabic grammar, then I'm speaking right now Vietnamese to you. And I don't blame you if you're like, what are you talking about? It's fine. If you know Arabic grammar though, you know what mubtada and khabar is and mudaf and mudaf ilayh. And fa'al and fa'al and maf'ul bihi and so on and so forth. And na'atu ila akhirihi. Then you will have an idea about what I'm talking about. Nevertheless, I'm trying to, I'm not going to delve deep. But I'm also going to at least translate so that those who know some grammar can feel excited that they know what the heck's going on. Wathani al-kasr. The second state is the kasr with the kasra. Shahadati ala annaha badal min qawli khams. Wahad al-badal badal ba'd min kul. This is a, another grammatical explanation where now it is it is basically a badal from the word khams because after we said ala khamsin, we began with shahada. So it's like a replacement. Waqad sabaq al-kalamu ala shahadatayn. We've already spoken about the two testimonies of faith. So we're not going to repeat that. So all this was already explained where? In the Hadith of Jibreel. You guys remember Hadith of Jibreel. Tell me about Islam. So you should have memorized the Hadith and therefore you should already know that we've already explained all this in the previous lessons. لكن في هذا الحديث إشكال. But in this hadith we have a little issue. وهو تقديم الحج على الصوم. And the fact that in this hadith حج is actually mentioned before fasting Ramadan. والجواب على أن يقال هذا ترتيب ذكري. والترتيب الذكري يجوز فيه أن يقدم المؤخ أن يقدم المؤخر. كقول الشاعر. This is a type of uh, uh, what is it? ذكر Dhikri meaning it's the type of consequential 
the 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 uh, state consequential when you mention the state of something consequentially, and this type it is permissible to actually put forward what usually is delayed. Like the statement of the poet, Verily, that one who was يعني, made the one who was in charge or became a master, then his father became a master, then after that it was his grandfather. So this is a type of uh, uh, arrangement in terms of the order of the things that you're mentioning. There you go. وَقَدْ سَبَقَ فِي حَدِيثِ جِبْرِيلِ تَقْدِيمِ الصِّيَامِ عَلَى الْحَجِّ And in the hadith of Jibreel, we've already put forward the fasting over the pilgrimage. وَنَقُولُ فِي شَرْحِ الْحَدِيثِ And we say in the explanation of the hadith, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ حَكِيمٌ Allah, the exalted in might, is wise. حَيْثُ بَنَى الْإِسْلَامِ الْعَظِيمِ عَلَى هَذِهِ الدَّعَائِمِ الْخَمْسِ مِنْ أَجْلِ امْتِحَانِ الْعِبَادِ the slaves. Ashahadatan, the two testimonies of faith, Nutqun Billisan, it's the utterance of the tongue, and it is the belief that resides within the hearts. Now it's important that you know Arabic. Mm. Because Jinan is a very popular name among the Arabs. So you can get confused. And Jinan is also the plural of Jannah. The plural of Jannah. So it's gardens. So if you don't know, you're like, اعتقادٌ بالجنان, a belief that resides in gardens. So you can get easily thrown off when you're not familiar with, this, with the uh, definitions and the uh, synonymous nature uh, of some words or even how one word can carry multiplicity of meanings uh, which sometimes are completely not even connected to each other. So now, jinan here is in reference to the heart. It is not in reference to the gardens wherein there are rivers flowing beneath. So, take a note of something like that. And whenever you read an Arabic text, then you have to be mindful of those subtleties because those subtleties, my brothers and sisters and gentlemen and ladies, they make all the difference in the world sometimes. And without having to add a particular individual that probably has come to your mind as a, he has come to my mind now. But he's a classic example of someone who will read this and be like, oh, this doesn't make any sense to me because he doesn't know what he's talking about. But yet those people have channels and they refute, refute and they put out, you know, content and you and they have followers and they have people that like their content like like yeah captain yo i mean for real though la ya sheikh the establishment of the prayer so what is the establishment of salah it's a it's a body related it's a physical deed that comprises of statement and action and whatever may be obligatory of wealth to fulfill the salah is not considered part of it. Otherwise, what is known is that it is obligatory to have ablution for the prayer. And if you cannot find water, then you have to purchase water with a cost. وَمِنَ الْمَعْلُومِ أَيْضًا And what is also known أَنَّكَ تَسْتَتِرُ أَنَّكَ سَتَسْتُرُ الْعَوْرَةَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ What is also known is that you will conceal your awra, the areas that ought to be covered in the prayer. وَتَشْتَرِ السُّتْرَةَ بِمَالٍ لَكِنْ هَذَا خَارِجٌ عَنِ الْعِبَادَةِ And you will purchase this clothing, this garment with money, but that is outside the act of worship. وَلِذَلِكَ نَقُولُ That's why, therefore we say, إِنَّ صَلَاةَ عِبَادَةً بَدَنِيَةً مَحْضَةً We say salah is a purely physical act of worship. It does not involve the logistical 
requirements around it. Yani it is not part of the salah that you buy the water for the wudu and that you buy the garment to cover your awrah and it's not part of the salah. The salah is independent of those. Hello? Ita'u zakah the giving of the zakah, the payment of the zakah, the fulfillment, the deliverance. I don't know. There could be many terms to translate ita. Ita min yati wa ata is to give and to come. Depends on depending on the context. Ibadatun maliyatun la badaniya. This is a financial act of worship, not a physical. And the fact that the rich person must deliver it to the poor. Perhaps he will have to walk. Perhaps he will have to rent a car. This also is a matter that is outside the act of worship. That's why if the poor, poor, poor person was right there in front of the rich man, he would have given him the falus, the money, immediately without any kind of effort that he has to put forward. Mm. Meaning he neither has to walk nor does he have to drive or rent a car. We don't say to the merchant, go to the farthest part of the town and return. Ramadan, the fasting of Ramadan. It is a physical act of worship, but of a different type. Salah is physical, but it's an action. But and, and fasting is physical, but it is the abstinence and abandonment. Subhanallah. It could be easy for a person to do something, but it could be very difficult for him to leave something alone. It could be easy for him to abstain. But difficult for him to do. Now, of course, the word is to abstain from something. In our local dialect, when you smack someone on their face, it's a, it's a face slap. This is the kaf in the, in the Lebanese dialect. And I believe in most of the most of the Arabs, we have like a good 2,000 verbs that can be used before the word kaf. Each uh, nation and country, depending on their imagination and their creativity. Uh, and we've come up with like literally hundreds, if not thousands of verbs that can be used before the word kaf. But all of them end with a kaf, bottom line is. Everybody is looking forward to a face slap. Bearing in mind that face slaps are haram. Haram. Can't be slapping nobody on the face. As tempting as it may seem. For, so here, we're not talking about the kaf that you give someone. We're talking about the kaf, which is to hold back and abstain. So the acts of worship have been uh, made varietized so that the uh, so that the test could be completed. So how perfect is Allah, the glorious. And the last one is Hajj al-Bayt or Hajj al-Bayt in this context. Now, is Hajj dependent on the spending of wealth? There's a breakdown. If a person needs to travel, Shadd is to embark on a journey. Is to embark on a journey. If a person is needs to embark on a journey, i.e. to travel, and he needs money, then therefore he needs money. But this is also considered outside of the act of worship, and it is similar to our example of the wudu with the prayer. So the need for money to travel is like the need for wudu to do salah, but it's still not considered to be part of the act of worship. If we assume that a person is actually in Mecca, the person is in Mecca, does he still need to spend money for travel? And the answer is no. If he's able to walk on his two feet, he doesn't need to spend any money. And then having money for eating and drinking is, is a requirement even if he wasn't doing hajj. 
That's why Hajj, according to me, according to Sheikh bin Uthameen, rahmatullah alayhi, mutaraddidun bayna an yakuna ibada badaniya aw ibada badaniya maliya wa ala kulli halin fa umtihan. It is either going to be considered a physical act of worship or a physical financial act of worship, and either way, it is definitely part of the test. فصارت هذه الحكمة العظيمة في أركان الإسلام أنها. So the, the therefore this uh, great wisdom was deduced from these five pillars of Islam that it is بذل محبوب to spend from that which is loved to spend from that which is loved والكف عن المحبوب and to abstain from that which is loved وإجهاد البدن and the exertion of the body. Ijhad is to actually exhaust your body. And all of this is a type of test. Spending from that which is loved. In zakah. Because wealth is beloved to human. As Allah said. And verily he is regarding the love of wealth is extreme. And you love wealth abundantly. As for the abstaining from what is loved, it is like the siyam, as it appears in the Qudsi hadith, wherein Allah says that he speaks about the, the Muslim, he abandons his food and drink and his desire for me. فتنوعت, فتنوعت so these five okay so these five uh, supporters or these five pillars have been made a variety in order to perfect the the test and the exam because some people it is easy for them to fast i'm not one of them but it is not easy for him to spend a single cent. Some people could fast seven days a week, but tell him to spend one, one cent, one dollar, one pound. What is the what is the 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 what is less than a pound? What do you call the fraction of a pound? In in in, Amer in, in dollars, it's cent. In uh, the British pound, what is it? I'm sure you guys have some funky British name that no one else uses on, in the globe. I can't wait to see the answers. If I see the answers. If there's anybody in the class in the first place. It was nice talking to myself. Alright, I'm going home. I am already home. Okay, I'm going to the other room. Penny? Really? Penny is dollars. Penny is four dollars. Ah, pence. See, I told you. Look, look. Look at these people, man. Pence. Ish had a pence, ya baba. Pence, well, a princess. All right. Enough jokes for the day. <laughs> uh, Some people, it is easy for them to pray. But it is difficult for him to fast. Anyways, everybody has something. Uh, for me, nobody cares about what for me. For me, it's easy to give da'wah. It was mentioned that one of these princes, princes, and not princess, one of the princes, um, he had an expiation that necessitated the, expi the, the emancipation of a slave. And if he can't, then he has to fast two consecutive months. And if he's unable to, then it is the feeding of 60 poor people. Some of the scholars exerted their knowledge and said to the king, They said, you have to fast two consecutive months. You have to fast two consecutive months and do not emancipate. So somebody basically said to the mufti, uh, uh, criticize them about that. Like, why? Why would you say that? Because 
Fasting two months is more difficult on this king than the emancipation of a slave. What is intended behind the expiation, the erasing of what uh, f- f- the erasing of the consequence of the sin and that he does not return. So if he's got a lot of money, it will be easy for him to emancipate a slave. It will be easy for him to feed 60 people. What will be difficult for him though is to fast, fast 60 consecutive days, two consecutive months. So the Mufti, mashallah, made sure that he gave him the hardest uh, uh, verdict out there. فنقول, it's very important nukta uh, here. The Sheikh said this is him seeking that which is good, but it was actually that mufti, but it was not good and it is not applicable because it is in opposition to the legislation. فَأَلْزِمْهُ بِمَا أَوْجَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَحِسَابَهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَلَيْسَ إِلَيْكَ Oblige him with what Allah made compulsory upon him and his accountability is with Allah, not with you. It's not for you to say, well, this is easy for him, so I'm going to give him this one. No, 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 this is between him and Allah. Allah gave the, the, the sequence of the kafara to begin with اعتاقوا رقبة to emancipate a slave you're not in a position to come and reshuffle or rearrange the order in order to give him that which is more difficult. And uh, believe it or not, that concludes this hadith, which is really great news for all of you, because I'm not going to begin hadith for today, uh, because that we want to have like an order in terms of the class uh, or the sessions or the playlist. Which means you have one of the longest Q&As you could ever dream about. Uh, because it's 2.03 right now. We have a good 27 minutes of you harassing me and driving me crazy. So enjoy yourself and let's do this. Ayuhal akhawa wal akhawatu. Alhamdulillah. May Allah make it easy for me. Brother... Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi barakatuh. I love you for the sake of Allah. Wa alaikum salam warahmatullahi barakatuh. May the one whom you love me for love you. Yeah. Yeah. Anunaymi brother. <laughs> Anunaymi brother. It's a nice name. <laughs> cool, hunty. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Where can I find a good refutation of the Jabariya? In our tafsir, in our uh, covering of Al-Aqidah Al-Wasitiyah, there was a whole chapter, a couple of chapters, couple of at least a couple of lessons, if not three, addressing the Qadariyya and the Jabariyya in the playlist of Al-Aqidah Al-Wasitiyah on our lovely One Way to Paradise channel. Shukran. Should I join Amal? I Yes, you can. And obviously, I've learned that a lot of people here are not here for the sake of Allah. Just so we can be clear, whether now or in the past, there are people here that are not here for the sake of Allah. There are people here for the sake of the shayateen. They come here to ask uh, loaded questions, to get an answer that they want in order to go share it with Juji Babuba so he can make a video in order to say, Abu Mus'ab said this and Abu Mus'ab said that. I'm not saying this is what you're doing, Miss Mizzy, but uh, we've learned that, and that is not going to uh, hold us back from answering. So if you're here with some uh, ulterior motives and wicked intentions, I ask Allah to guide you and rectify your condition, but that is really sad, and you should do something better with your life. خلاص, we already answered that. It's the same thing. Brothers for sisters, Brother for sisters who follow the opinion that the niqab is not obligatory. Some of them hide their double chins under their scarves, which actually makes their face look prettier than it is. So wouldn't you agree it is mustahab to show their double chin in order to repulse and not attract? No. (laughs) How do you know that there are no men out there who would love double chin? Some men love... uh, Certain type of bulky, juicy women. 
and uh, if they they like fat, they like body fat on women. So you find a lot of freaks out there that have different uh, they have different preferences. You'll be surprised. You will be surprised what is out there in the world. Uh, just we know this from from my pre-Islamic days. From my pre-Islamic days, I know what kind of fetishes the men have. Uh, ranging from pregnant women to things that you will say, no way, like what is going on with the world? So now nah, it doesn't fly. No, just, just leave the deen alone. There's no, because for like, if we're going to play this game, if we're going to play this game, then in reality, some sisters, anyways, let's just leave it. Next. I know, I know, I didn't say you were. I'm just, it was a reminder for me that, you know, those kind of questions are usually interesting. That's all. I know, Ms. Mizzy, I already gave you that, uh, I gave you that benefit of the doubt. Barakallah uh, Here we go again with uh, the font. Wa alaikum Is working in salon allowed because some salons, they cut and touch in the ladies' hair and cut beard of men. So is it allowed to work? They're like that. It's يعني, really, Ashraf, you don't know that it's haram to work in the salon? You do not know that it's haram to work in the salon? I mean, there are women there. So what? A male is working on women and you're wondering whether it's halal or haram? Durr. Shaving someone's beard is haram? Durr. Working in the salon is haram? Durr. When you see the barefoot, naked, destitute shepherds competing and making tall buildings, is, there, is this referring to what is happening in Gulf? We already answered that question in this very class, Ya Olive Oil. In the Sharh of Hadith Jibreel, we already mentioned that people should not jump into conclusions that what is happening now in the Gulf countries is the manifestation of this Hadith because it might, it might not be. There might be something even greater than that to come that we don't know about. So, no, we cannot say that this is what it is now. Shukran, Jazilan. And I hope you pay attention in the class because we already addressed this very point. Should I avoid buying Nike even though there's ikhtilaf? If you want to avoid it to be on the safe side, yes. I am in a position, I personally am the position that Nike is okay because it is similar to the weeks of the days and the names of the months. And different brands, all of which have carry names of some Greek or some false gods. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, January, February, March, April, May, all of them have a problem. Nike is the Greek goddess of victory, but that is something that is known primarily by Muslims. The majority of the world does not know, does not know th this reality. In recent times, they made a campaign where they were actually highlighting it. Uh, wait, ya Muhammad. Wait, ya Mufti Muhammad. Tawwal balak. I'm coming. Uh, they, they highlighted this. And then that died out. So if we reach a point where everybody knows that when you wear Nike, you're promoting a false god, then it is haram to wear Nike. At the moment, it is not the case. But if you're going to say that wearing Nike is haram because it is the Greek god of victory, then you can also no longer uh, buy a Chevrolet or uh, I think a Toyota or you cannot use Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You have to change the names of the days and the names of the weeks. And there's a lot of things you will have to change in life that are like that. But that's, that's the reason why I no longer uh, uh, deem Nike to be forbidden. Because at the moment, people don't know the reality of this. Only Muslims do. And if you search deeper into many of the brands out there, you will find that they have some origin of this nature. But if you want to be on the safe side, if you want to be on the safe side, yes. If you can do without the Nike, do without it. If you could do without the Nike, do without it. For, for me, I don't opt for Nike first. I genuinely try to find every other brand, uh, especially with shoes, that is not Nike. However, they are, for example, for, for soccer, I play football. The only brand that has the type of shoes that I could wear and that have the sock as part of the shoe and that sock is, is elastic and long enough that fits me is Nike. All the other ones have a different type of, of design that doesn't fit me. So I'm, I'm technically forced 
to buy Nike because I didn't find an alternative. But anytime there is an alternative, I opt for the alternative just to be uh, to stay away from the doubtful. You understand? So this is in terms of new. My old uh, clothing, I don't buy Nike clothing. Whatever I have, I might have, have had from the past. The only time I I go for it is when it's a shoe and that shoe cannot does not have a, a an equal or an alternative among the other brands like Adidas and Puma and whatever. But lately I've been all about Puma, baby. Puma, 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 Puma all the way. Next. West West Patient 101. Is it normal to have West West that you're a hypocrite because you're sin and then pray that there's no point in praying without much khushur, etc.? Yes, it is normal. But yani, continue to pray and work on getting you khushur. What should I... What should someone do if he did not fast in Ramadan without reason in last years? Maybe one or two weeks of Ramadan fasted and not every day. He needs to make up for those days. Repent to Allah and make up for those days. Naam. Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum Can we say ameen after the khatib makes a dua or gives salawat when the Prophet name is mentioned during khutbat al-jumu'ah? What is the ruling on studying Islamic psychology? Okay, first of all, yes, you could, you could make, you want to say ameen, you say ameen to yourself. You don't say it out loud. When he makes dua. Naam. And you could also say sallallahu alayhi wa to yourself. Why did you change the question? You could say sallallahu alayhi wa to yourself uh, also without being loud. Uh, as for studying Islamic psychology, I don't even know what that is. I know there's psychology. I know there's Islam. I didn't know there was Islamic psychology per se. But if it is taught by people upon the way of the salaf, knock yourself out. If it is taught by some weird entity out there, I would say be very careful. Naam. Ustad, this year, uh, I don't know of any, uh, <laughs> out if you're something else. I don't know of any winter, summer, uh, spring, any camps going on in, in any Islamic center in UAE. Uh, if there is, I'm not yet part of it. Now, uh, Puma is pro-Israel. Oh, wow. Muhammad, mashallah, you're on top of the game, Habibi, huh? Type. I've forgotten how many times he has a, a forgotten how many times he has broken the promise of Allah. What can he do? He, he needs to repent to Allah. And if there's if he made oaths, and then he needs to fulfill these oaths by paying for the kafara by estimating how many times he violated it. Now, Assalamu alaikum. I'm a game artist and I sell game assets on third party website as long as my assets are halal. Is it permissible to work in this field? Uh, well, you sell game assets on third-party website. Your assets are halal, but they're being used for what? They're being used for games. Well, if the people misuse it, some of the scholars will say that it's halal. Some of them will have a problem with it. I'm not a mufti. I cannot give you a fatwa. I don't know. Allahu a'lam. Uh -huh. From the hadith, we know a woman who goes outside, a woman who goes outside wearing perfume is a fornicator. Nowadays, few of the sisters who wears hijab, they put perfume in public whenever they pass by me. I could smell that. You could smell it? Wow. That's stronger than smell. Uh, uh, do they also apply to the hadith even though they wear hijab? And if they do not know, do they still apply? And this hadith apply for all women believers and disbelievers? Uh, first of all, Let's, let's, the hadith does not mention anything about women being undressed. Yes, women who wear hijab, if they wear perfume and, and people can smell it, they are, that still applies to them. It applies to hijabis and non-hijabis. And uh, the sin of the non-hijabi is greater than the sin of the hijabi. Uh, what else? And this hadith, yeah. Okay, yeah, we read that already back. Uh, this hadith applies to all women, believers and disbelievers, because it says, mamra'a. The hadith says, whichever woman. And as the scholars say, the rules, the, all the rules of Islam are expected to be applied by the disbelievers, and they will be held accountable for not applying them, even though they haven't embraced Islam. Naam. What are your thoughts on lesbian hijabis? <laughs> what are your thoughts? I never thought in my life I would read a question like this. What are your thoughts on lesbian hijabis? Niqabis also? 
who are very modest and shy with men, but built but wild with women. Do I have to have thoughts on this filth? My thoughts is that they are repulsively disgusting and that they are in a state of major sin and that they are crazy and that they need to repent to Allah and act straight. You know, find you a nice man to marry and, and cherish and love and stop, you know, uh, two negatives can't, can't bring on anything positive. Just like two positives can't bring on anything positive. And that's why we're male and female with uh, private parts that complete each other. That's why from a very basic logical point of view, two men and two women just does not work. It's a stupidity of the highest order. It's retardedness manifesting in common this common uh, uh, world of, of filth that we have become part of. My thoughts is that they need to cut this nonsense and behave with the modesty and shyness expected of real women, not a woman who loves another woman. Ya ma'affina. Astaghfirullah al-Azim, ya Rabb. Ya Muhammad, anta you're on my case for everything, ya Baba. Allah yahdiqa salhaq. Positive brings positive. No, two positives. I mean two males. They're not going to bring something positive. Yeah. Context, Ya Muhammad. Context, Ya Muhammad. Context, Ya Baba. Allah Yahdeek, Ya Sheikh. Can a lady hold positions such as head of class, secretary of a Muslim society, majority, majorly a lady holding positions in an organization or similar where there's both genders? Um... There's both genders. No, of course she cannot hold this position. Of course she cannot hold this position. Now, do you know the type of hajj that the Prophet ﷺ performed? Was it tamattu, qiran, or ifrat? The Prophet ﷺ performed qiran. He performed qiran. And he regretted that he wasn't able to do tamattu because he had already brought the hadi with him. And he said, لَوْ اسْتَدْبَرْتُ مِنْ أَمْرِ مَا اسْتَقْبَلْتُ لَمَا سِقْتُ الْهَدِي وَإِلَىٰ أَخِرِ الْحَدِيثِ يعني The Prophet ﷺ wished he had done tamattu' but because he had brought with him the sacrificial animal, he had to opt for qiran. That's why the scholars say the best type of hajj is the tamattu' because it was the wish of the Prophet ﷺ and others say the best type of hajj is qiran because it is what the Prophet ﷺ performed and Allah would not have uh, selected that for his messenger if, if it weren't the best. All of these are permissible types of hajj. But yes, you should try to opt for the tamattu' inshallah ta'ala. There's a basketball tournament with masjid and in flyer it says in honor of a brother who passed away. Is this a bid'ah? Am I still allowed to attend? Um, yeah, this is a bid'ah because you don't hold any tournaments in the honor of a dead person. You can still attend because this is a minor issue and you're there for the basketball, not for the honoring of the dead man. Now, uh, every day someone different tries to shake my hand after salah. I tell them later, later we can. We can. Is this enough or am I sinful for not shaking that this is a bid'ah? No, you're not sinful for not shaking. You shouldn't shake. Tell them, Ya what are you doing? This is not a part of the deen. Well, Sahaba and the Prophet ﷺ did not shake hands after the salah. And therefore, we shouldn't shake hands after the salah. Give him a lecture, man. Every time somebody stretches out, you may shake his hand the first time just so you can get off your shoulder, off your back. But then proceed to explain to him the problemo and what he's doing. Yalla ya hujjaj. When are women when are women allowed to leave the house alone? Are they allowed to drive? Uh, women are allowed to leave the house alone with the permission of their guardian. They are allowed to leave the house alone anytime they want with the permission of their guardian. A woman does not need a mahram with her to go outside. She needs the permission of a mahram to go outside. So a woman may never leave the home on her own. A woman 
who has a guardian may never leave the house on her own without the permission of her guardian. And yes, she's allowed to drive. Hey. What will happen to those disbelievers who died in the state of kufr, who did not seek or want guidance and died in the state even though they did not hear about the Prophet Allah will test them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Allah will test them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Now, they will have a special test on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Namely, that Allah Azza wa Jal will take the covenant from them, that they will obey him. And they will commit to Allah that they will uh, obey him. Then Jahannam will be brought. And Allah will command them to throw themselves in Jahannam. Those who obey Allah Azza wa Jal will find themselves in Jannah. And those who disobey Allah will be cast into Jahannam. It will be a one-time test that would have been the summary of their entire life. Now, next. If someone says he traveled from future, does he claim to be a god? No, if someone says he traveled from future, he's just stupid. Uh, does it apply to a divorced woman? Yes, it does, because she still has a guardian. I, that's why I said guardian. I didn't say her husband. It could be her husband. It could be her father. It could be her son. It could be somebody. Now. What do you think is the best approach for viewing, sharing, making videos with background vocal nasheed that have become quite prevalent? I may take a job with a masjid, inshallah, in a role that involves media capture. I say, ya Khalifa Hakimu, stay away from all of these, excuse my French, uh, gay uh, vocals in the background that the people have made part of every lecture that they want to, you know, touch your heart with. There always some 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 feminine, strange sounding men in the back going the whole time. Khalas ya boy, khalas ya baba, khalas Allah irham abuk. Act like a man. Cut this nonsense. You can have a beautiful voice, but you don't have to sound like a bunch of women. So. Stay away from any type of, of, of background, uh, uh, whatever they call it, where a bunch of dudes sound like a bunch of females. It's abhorrent. It's not, it's not, it's not nasheed. This is not an Islamic nasheed. The, the nasheed and what we understand is the type of poetry. And the poetry is delivered by men. Now those men may have a beautiful voice. And having a beautiful voice does not equate a feminine uh, soft voice. You could have a beautiful voice and deliver a nasheed and that rhymes that had everything, no problem. Sha'r and poetry is accepted in Islam if the content is sound and good. So, and there's plenty. If you go back to my lecture, the classical hit, it's bad. I actually played during the lecture some samples of halal nasheed that are absolutely mesmerizing. Like the, uh, the nuniya and uh, Lamiya and, and others, the, the poetry of Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyyah, delivered by, I think, Idris Abkar and uh, Abdul Wahid al-Baghribi. Uh, those brothers have some nice anashidi, akhi, that you could find online. Wallah, it sounds beautiful. I don't know if, if I'm able to play. Wait. Khallak ma'i. Mashi? Khallak ma'i ya baba. Idris Abkar. Um, Nasheed, no, Nasheed, does he have a Nasheed? Yeah, I don't know, I hope they didn't ruin it with the background. See? This is a poet. This is a poem, Akhi. This is a nasheed. You don't hear the nasheed? Oh. <laughs> it was just me by myself? <laughs> Fail. All right, guys. Anyways.
thank you for telling me 15 minutes later that I'm by myself. Here, I put the link for you. You can hit by yourself. Don't say I didn't hook you up. Type, anyways. Khalas. Anyways, that's that's what I'm saying. Stop sounding like a bunch of females. Next. Don't go listen to the clip now in the middle of our Q&A. Got four minutes left. After we're done in the Q&A, you can all listen to it on your own, inshallah. Uh, At the place I work, it's not allowed to smoke inside. Yay, but there are designated smoking areas outside. No, if I tell smokers to go outside, is that haram? Uh, no, tell them, don't smoke. When given the opportunity to say, hey, don't smoke. Don't smoke inside. Don't smoke outside. Don't smoke in between. Don't smoke on Earth. Don't smoke on Jupiter. Don't smoke anywhere. Stop smoking, you smoker. Ishada. Yalla. Assalamu alaikum alaykum salam. I want this atti doing henna for people as I have a talent for it. Would it, would it be promoting tabarruj? What is this atti? What is atti? A-double-T-Y. Anyways, whatever it is. If you're going to be doing henna and then that henna is going to be shown to the people outside, then of course you are promoting tabarruj. And of course it is haram. However, if the sisters that you're doing henna for, you trust them, they're good practicing sisters who will only display their henna in front of their maharim and in front of their husbands and whatever, then knock yourself out and do a business out of it. But you have to have a tight circle of people that you trust. But to do this general kind of thing, then no. Can you explain how to deal with women in the workplace? Stay away from them. May Allah make it easy for all of us. Stay away from women. Next. Is it sunnah to wear henna on the nails for women? N no. Also, 15-year-old wants to start wearing a half niqab, but parents are unhappy. Says, I don't need it, but I want, I, I want to. It's pure from my heart. You have to obey your parents in this regard, unless this 15-year-old believes that wearing the niqab is obligatory. If this 15-year-old has reached puberty, and she believes that wearing the niqab is obligatory, then she must wear her niqab in spite of her parents, whether they like it or not. Now, a local imam refuses to segregate masjid after I mentioned, after I informed him, he says the scholars say it's okay to look at women without desire. Wow. Therefore, we can eat together. Wow. Do I have to keep telling him he's wrong? Well, I'm happy every time you see him, hey, imam, how's it going? By the way, you're wrong. See you tomorrow. And then you come back tomorrow. Sheikh, Kevin Hal, Hayakallah. Thank you for leading the salah. Oh, in case I haven't told you, you're wrong. And what do you mean you're going to keep telling him he's wrong? Khalas, you tell him he's wrong once, so khalas. Yeah, you deliver the message. Unless you really want to be irritating, and every time you see him, you tell him that he's wrong. That's another, that's on you. I don't think it's wise, though. Uh, they say Sheikh Asim al Hakim sits with Mufti Mank and Dr. Zakir Naik. So because he sits with these Ahlul Bid'ah, he is now Ahlul Bid'ah. And whoever shares Sheikh Al-Asim is also untrustworthy. Is that true? No, it's not true. It does not work that way. It does not work. This, this chain, tabdi'ah, guilty by association, could be applicable and it could not be applicable. I still uh, uh, disagree with, with the fact that uh, Sheikh Asim Al-Hakim does sit with Mufti Mank. Maybe it's not that much of a problem with Zakir Naik, but it's still Zakir Naik yani, is not as bad as Mufti Mank, in my opinion. Uh, I would prefer that Asim al-Hakim does not really collaborate with either one of them, but I'm not of the position that that will make, uh, that will make uh, Asim al-Hakim in and of himself uh, an Ahlul Bid'ah. That's not how the scholars look at it. That's how the Mubtadi'ah, uh, uh, ironically, and the sectarianists look at it. Now, and we got a time for one last question. Omar Kazmi in the house. Uh, when, in, when encountering the Prophet's name, sallallahu alayhi when reading the Quran, do we need to say it immediately or after we finish reading? That's a good question. The answer to which I don't know. Okay, guys. Well, that was lovely. It was good to have you. Inshallah ta'ala, next week we will have our usual tafsir class with Surah Luqman. Followed the following day, inshallah, by our usual Arba'in away with hadith number four. Until then, I leave you in Allah's protection and care. Zakum Allah khairan. What?
Four o'clock what? Oh, yeah. We have a Twitter space at four o'clock. Uh, join. Look me up on Twitter at Wajdi Akari or Faris Al-Hamadi. We're going to have a little discussion about what is the Sunnah and who is the Sunni in an hour and 29 minutes from now, inshallah. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you all of you for being here and being there and being next to the uh, uh, spaces that were designated for the anthropomorphic uh, understanding of the one way to every time. And good luck. And I mean, goodbye. Oh, he made a horse. That is a horse, ladies and gentlemen. Good job, Mustafa. Yo. I can how to make a horse. MashaAllah. You could do it. Of course you could do it. Yeah, I don't see a horse either. I see some Lego. <laughs> and because of the green screen, it was cut off. Oh, guys, look at the cat. Look at the cat that Mustafa made. MashaAllah. That looks like a legit. That actually looks like a legit cat. Okay. Now go to your uncle. Oh, your uncle is not here. Go to your ma'am. Hola, hola.